SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Work. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on SportsGrid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Welcome to Opposite Picks on Sports Grid Radio right here on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Wednesday, March 17th. Here is truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls as we always do, 844, well, we don't always, but uh, we like to do every once in a while, 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P. O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, oppositepicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire your way. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat right here on an Opposite Picks Wednesday. No way, Portland. Say it isn't so. Saying yes to Sister Jean. Saying yes to Chicago. Saying no to Tiger Woods. Saying no way to LeBron. Uh, hit the showers, kids. Celtic love. No love for LeBron. Rules are made to be broken. Uh, anybody notice who has the best record in baseball, Chris? Uh, don't common sense uh, get into your hands. Uh, you take them to court, and he stinks. We'll get to all those stories again. Put your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Wednesday, March 17th. What's up, LL's loyal listeners? Busy, busy day, despite the NCAA tournament still being a, a couple of days away. We get underway tomorrow with the uh, first four playing games. And then the real tournament, if you will, uh, gets underway on Friday. Good news, bad news, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, I suppose. Uh, but uh, no changes. That's it. The deadline has passed. So Louisville and Colorado State and uh, St. Louis and some of those teams that were first four out that were, I don't know, you want to say hoping, but uh, you know, waiting for an opportunity to get into the NCAA tournament didn't happen. I'm not quite sure what magical thing occurs or would have occurred yesterday versus today. But you cannot have, at this point on, if a team opts out, it's a forfeit. Why? Um, I don't know. You know, I, I've not heard anyone ask that question, and I have not heard anyone, you know, offer up an explanation as to, I thought originally, normally these first four playoff games are, are, uh, are played on Tuesday. So when I heard the deadline was Tuesday evening, around 6 o'clock, I think it was, Eastern time, I figured, okay, that's right. Okay, the games are starting Tuesday night. And even though, you know, the brackets really don't get underway until Thursday, you know, once the playing games are started, I suppose you don't want to make any changes. But then, you know, it, it dawned on me, like, wait a minute. No, no the playing games this year, because everything is kind of pushed back a day or two, the playing games aren't until Thursday. So why would the deadline for a team dropping out be Tuesday? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, you you would think, you know, and I generally have an explanation for everything, or at least a you know an offering up solution. But you would think the NCAA would want to do everything in its power to, you know, eliminate forfeit games, right? Um, I know it's not fair for the team that's already in the bracket, and you you know you're planning on playing, uh, you know, pick a club, uh, you know, Virginia. And, uh, you know, Virginia drops out if you're Ohio and you have to play Louisville. But, you know, if you're Louisville, you have no idea 
who's dropping out. So, you know, they're in the same boat as Ohio would be. So, very weird. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up, just getting underway till uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do Monday through Friday. So the deadline did pass yesterday. So anyone that drops out from this point on, uh, you're out, and you get a forfeit uh, win if you're the opposing team. So it, it does seem kind of strange to me why they would have the deadline so early. You know, it, it's no different than, I will tell you this, it's no different, right, than USC or Michigan, uh, how so? Well, you know, Michigan doesn't know who their first-round opponent is right now. You know, they're taking on the winner of the playing game between Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. Now, you may say, well, it doesn't really matter. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, uh, USC is taking on the winner of Wichita State and Drake. They they can't prepare for either team. They, they don't know which one. I mean, they can prepare for both. But, you know, the, so why would, again, uh, the deadline be – so it can't be because one team doesn't have time to prepare because you got four teams right now whether it's BYU as well and Gonzaga that really don't know who their first round opponent is. But anyway, deadline passed and uh, it is what it is. The NCAA tournament is set from this point going forward. NBA last night, we got some nuggets to get into with the NCAA, including good news for sister Jean. Um, I, I can't believe they originally said no to a 101 year old nun. I mean, I really, I mean, you, you know, you want to go to hell. Uh, I mean, that that's how the first way to do it, you know? Although I will say, reading up on it, she had not attended any Loyola of Chicago home game this year. So it's not like even the school itself was allowing her to attend. But still, how do you say no to Sister Jean? I mean, come on, 101 years old, she's in a wheelchair. Who is she bothering, for goodness sakes? I'm sure they're going to be putting her upstairs, you know, way away from everybody. You know, the, the thought that the NCAA would say no, you know, you can't attend these games is just mind-boggling. All right, NBA, a lot to get into uh, last night, including a crazy game in Portland where the uh, Jail Blazers rallied from 17 down with less than six minutes left to beat New Orleans. Wow. And they did the unthinkable. You could probably uh, count on one hand how many times this occurs in a year, and one of those times, unfortunately, was last night in that Portland was a two-point favorite. They win the game, but they don't cover. They win by one. Ooh, that hurts. We've had plenty of one-point winners. That's one thing. But when you're a two-point favorite and you find out your team won but didn't cover, ooh, that sucks. That sucks. Just getting it away. Opposite pick, Sports Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Um, and you get better from the reps, but I think more so than just physically, you get better mentally and more confident in it because you've done it so often. And you've done it when you're tired. You've done it when you didn't want to. Um, and then in, in, in the moments, uh, you know, end of the game, whether it's first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, a tough shot, an easy shot, um, you, you got the ultimate confidence that it's going to go in. And I think confidence is the biggest thing for shooters um, right next to just getting the reps in and knowing in your heart um, that you didn't cheat it. You know, you put the time in and, and you deserve to make those shots and, um, you know, you expect that result. You know, all that sounds good, but I guarantee you that's not going to work for me and Adam Lefko. <laughs> hey, it's a little too late for you, Shaq. It's a little too late. <laughs> 
You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Well, I tell you what, if they had a definition on how to blow a basketball game in the, you know, Wikipedia or your local library, take out last night's Portland uh, New Orleans game. Boy, who wants to be an NBA coach these days? I I, I mean, really, I I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm not a big fan of his, uh, but, you know, poor Stan Van Gundy. You know, he's back in the league, you know, first year with the Pelicans, and he's ready to pull his hair out. He has to be. I mean, just 125-124, Damian Lillard last night uh, on on TNT after their one-point win as two-point favorites over the Pels in a game in which they trailed by 17 with 5.55 left. A a 17-point lead. I don't know what FanDuel had. You know, I wasn't up that uh, that late to, to check the FanDuel stuff. Um, as this game ended at two o'clock in the morning or so, but you know, I am, I can only imagine what in-game live was, you know, that's why you take in-game live and that's why you, you throw a couple of shekels on some of these flyers every once in a while, because they, they do, you do get some crazy comebacks, but you talk about pissing away a game. Uh, this is the definition. It, it, it really is. So Lillard, by the way, 50 points on only 20 shots and he had 10 assists. I mean, you know, these numbers, we all know the NBA numbers these days are phony. Don't, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. But I, I must say every once in a while, you do have to sit back and appreciate the fact that, you know, you take uh, 20 shots and you get 50 points. That's pretty darn good. Now he did go to the free throw line, 18 free throws, and that doesn't count as shots. So, uh, you know, when I tell you he went 13 of 20, it's not really 13 of 20. Don't let anybody tell you that today. The, the, the missed free throw or the missed shots on a foul uh, on a foul do not count. So it's 13 of 20 from the floor officially. Uh, went to uh, the free throw line uh, nine times and hit all 18, or at least was 18 of 18 from the free throw line. There may have been a couple of those on, on twos and then get one free throw. Uh, and then there you go with your 50 points. And he had 10 assists. So it's one thing to be able to put 50 on the board and still dish the ball out. You know, what a great job by Lewis last night. Seven points in the final minute as he helps the, the, the Jailblazers to a one-point win. But, you know, they're up 17, right? And, you know, you hit a three here and you cut it to 14 and you hit another three here. And, you know, all of a sudden it's down to 11. And then all of a sudden you get some hope. And then there's something magical about being, you know, under 10 points that really gives you an opportunity to think, okay, I got a chance to win this basketball game. But it was 117. I, I like doing this from time to time. 556 left. It's 117, 100. All right. Lillard makes it three with 542 left. To cut it to 117-103. Eh, no big deal. Still up big. Portland comes down after a missed uh, shot uh, by uh, Eric Bledsoe from New Orleans. Covington makes a three-pointer, and then there you go. All, all of a sudden, like I said, you're down 11 with 5-11 left. You're like, okay, maybe, just maybe now. Now, now you know, they get some thoughts. All right, uh, that's with Zion and Lonzo, you know, on the bench. So Van Dumby does the right thing, brings his starters back in, says, okay, guys, let's go, stretch run. Uh, no time for the weary. And uh, they throw the ball away. Lillard makes a layup. All of a sudden, it's down to nine with 430 left. Now you're really thinking you got a shot. Zion throws the ball away again. Two free throws, cuts it to seven. With 418 left, I mean, now you're really in the game. Uh, you, you went from down 17 
a minute and a half ago, literally to down seven. Just like that. Just like that, you're, you're right back in the game. Ball misses a long three-pointer. Trent makes a three-pointer. Now it's down to four with three and a half left. I, I'd like to give you this dramatic, like, you know, 17-point comeback in the final minute. They, they wiped out a 17-point lead, basically, in two and a half minutes. Less than two and a half minutes. All right, so it's down to four with 3.30 left. Again, missed shot, turnover, missed shot for New Orleans. They they can't buy a bucket at this point. Everybody's missing Zion, Ingram, you name it. Lillard makes it three to cut it to one, 117-116 with 2.40 left. Portland finally, or uh, New Orleans finally makes it three to build it back to four. Anthony makes a uh, two-pointer to cut it to two with uh, just under two minutes left. Back and forth they go. Miss shot, miss shot. Zion hits a four-footer to build the lead back to four with a minute seven left. So if you're New Orleans, you're thinking maybe, just maybe, I survived the storm here. Lillard, though, uh, gets a couple of free throws uh, to cut the lead back down to two. 122-120. And and he was also fouled on that, so all of a sudden it's a one-point game, 122-101 with 52 seconds left. Zion hits a layup to push it back to three. Um, Foul uh, puts it at at three points still as they miss uh, two free throws due to the Pelicans with seven seconds left. There's your dagger. Seven seconds left, up three. Brandon Ingram on the line, and he misses both free throws. Ooh, you hit one, just one, to go up four with seven seconds left. That game is over. In the NBA, you can't miss two free throws. Wow, that's that was the dagger. Now, that was the one that really opened the door. So, you know, it's the proverbial question, what do you do up three, final seconds, right? So New Orleans decides to foul Lillard on a two-point shot, makes both free throws. They're still down one, and New Orleans has the basketball with five seconds left, you know, still in halfway decent shape, except the Pelicans turn the ball over. Oh, man. And then they foul Lillard on a two-pointer with a second left. This guy doesn't miss free throws. Hits both free throws. Gives them a 125-124 lead. It couldn't have been a three-pointer. Had to be a two-pointer, huh? And then they actually made, with a second left, a baseball pass down the Zion out of Christian Leitner that he actually made, had a chance to dribble, and, and had a decent little, you know, running little look. But he missed it. And the Portland Trailblazers, give him respect, win at 125-124. Wow. How many times did the Pelicans turn the ball over and miss free throws down the stretch? Oh, that's brutal. That's brutal. And, and, you know, this is the same team. This is the same head coach that two games ago was yelling and screaming and calling his players out for not playing any defense, no defense. The poor guy was in tears after the game. I mean, if you watch his post-game press conference, as I did, I, I mean, he was just, he was lost. He was just Absolutely lost. I saw a stat. I got I gotta double check this guy. I saw this on the corner of my eye. I think I saw a stat where this is the 15th game the Pelicans this year have blown a double-digit lead. Wow. That that is a lot. Now I understand a double-digit lead's not that much in an NBA game anymore, but still 15 games. 
This poor guy was ready to commit Harry Carey afterwards. He's just, you know, he's begging and pleading his team to play some defense, and they just won't. I mean, who wants to be an NBA coach, right? I mean, your your team scores 124 points in games, and you lose, and you lose on a regular basis. You have a 17-point lead. Uh, You can't hold on to the final minutes. You got a four-point lead in the final seconds, and you can't hold on. Good gravy. Who, who, who needs that aggravation, right? I mean, wow. And, and, and from the gambling standpoint, as I told you, everyone was aggravated last night except the Portland fan. You lay two, your team wins, and you don't cover the spread. You can count on one hand how many times that happens. That sucks. It really does. But that's life in the NBA. We'll check out the other games next. Opposite pick, Sirius XM 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Gave up gave up a lot of threes. Um, got stagnant offensively, and they made some tough shots. And uh, we turned the ball over as well. Yeah, that's on me. I got to get us in, you know, more movement. Um, get the ball moving, and then um, get it to the guys that we want in their spots where they, they can produce for us. So um, I take the full blame for that. Anytime the offense gets stagnant, you know, it's on me. And every time that we, you know, get out of rhythm or lose leads, you know, it's always because we're just standing still. And uh, we got to do a better job. One thing to say, another thing to do it. Lonzo Ball of the Pelicans outscored 25-7 down the stretch as they blow a 17-point lead, lose 125-124, but they do get the cover, if that means anything for you. Uh, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. We'll get some uh, phone calls in here, and uh, we got some tweets to get to as well. Our poll question is up, and a really a miraculous thing in the NBA, which I'll explain here in a sec. First up, poll question time. Uh, let us uh, review yesterday's poll question. Let me go to the uh, website here, uh, uh, Twitter feed, and get yesterday's question. Where is it? Okay, there you go. Some of all college basketball Final Four teams will be. This is one of the props you can do on FanDuel. And six to eight is uh, your winner, getting uh, nearly 56% of the vote. Nine to 11, surprisingly enough, getting 23%. Four to five, getting only 12.5%, and then 12-plus, getting uh, 8% of the vote. And that would just be the number of the seeds. Add up the seeds, and what will the total be of the final four teams? I happen to think it'll fall in that uh, six to eight range. I do have – we're breaking rules here. You know, rules are made to be broken. I told you earlier in the week you could only have two brackets. Of course, we have three. So – and we'll do our three brackets. We have uh, a bracket that is my real bracket, if you will. We have our upset bracket, and then we have our opposite picks bracket. We'll figure out which bracket actually does best. As far as our poll question today, best office pool is – very simple. We keep these nice popcorn radio, just like it's replacement radio. Keep it popcorn radio all the time. Uh, NCAA bracket pool that we have. Uh, NFL Survivor Pool, very popular. MLB Baseball Bingo, if you're not familiar with that, that is it's actually a lot of fun in that it, it keeps the doldrums of June, July, August, uh, you know, interesting. And that is 
you get the run total of the team that you're assigned, and whoever gets uh, zero through for nine first is your winner. Uh, or you can go up to 13 if you want, but uh, I use uh, zero through nine. Uh, and then the proverbial other, you know, and, and you name it. I'd be curious to know what other office pools that you guys like. So bracket pool, NFL survivor pool, baseball bingo, or other. Go to Opposite Picks, get your vote in, and uh, we'll update that a couple times before we are through. Here's the anomaly of last night. Now, this is, uh, you know, it, not that big a deal, but, you know, it's 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 kind of cute. Yesterday, favorites went 8-0 and straight up. 7-1 and against the spread. Now, what do you think they went yesterday? So, Monday, did I say yesterday? Monday. I meant to say, Monday they went eight and zero straight up seven and one against the spread. Last night, seven and zero straight up, five and two against the spread. So in two days so far this week, every single favorite has won fifteen and zero. Interesting. Um, you know, I I've not. I, I you know I, I've been following NBA and stuff and gambling for the longest time, but breaking it down specifically like we do here every single day, I haven't done that necessarily. But I, I can't remember having that many games back to back days where the favorites have won every single time. That is really amazing. Eight and zero on Sunday, seven and one against the spread, seven and zero last night, five and two against the spread. So the only favorites that didn't cover, Portland, as we've been talking, and uh, the 76ers didn't cover against the Knicks. So a nice 12-3 and three against the spread. That's not bad. Over-under last night, 4-3. and three. That's pretty even. 7-7-1 uh, seven and seven and one, uh, overall this week for the two uh, games. So you, you know what that means, don't you? And we have opposite picks coming up here in a little while. And I got to tell you, I, I'm not going to try and buck the trends, believe it or not, but today... I mean, is that going to continue? But you look at the schedule today, who's winning? You know, you know, maybe Philadelphia at home is a home underdog. But if you watched that game last night, and I got to tell you, Nick fans, now you, you covered the number, but if you had the Knicks on the money line last night, and, I, and I'm a Thibodeau guy, he did some strange things at the end of that game. I'll get to here in a sec. But, you know, Philadelphia is a home underdog. I suppose they could win. Indiana is a home underdog against Brooklyn. I suppose they could win. Uh, Detroit's a slight dog against Toronto, but the Pistons just stink. Uh, Sacramento's a road dog. They're not winning. Houston, don't even bring it up. Uh, Cleveland, same thing. Don't even bring it up. Uh, San Antonio, Chicago's basically pick them, so that doesn't count. Miami's red hot. Uh, only a two-point favorite at Memphis, so I suppose Memphis could win. Maybe Charlotte at Denver? And the Dallas, the Clips uh, are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at the Mavs. I, I suppose the Mavericks could win that game. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking for all these underdogs that will break that streak. You, you could have another. I, I don't know if you'll run the table. What is that, uh, 10 games, 9 games? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. You know, you, you probably won't go 10-0. and 0, But, I, you know, I, I think you'll probably go 8-2. Uh, and 2. Um, I think at worst, you know, maybe seven and three. So maybe it's just those weeks. You know, it's the proverbial question. You know, it, it all tends to even itself out in the end. But when does it even itself out? After one day? No. After two days? Maybe. Will it go the entire week? Not obviously eight and zero or ten and zero, but predominantly favorites this week, and then next week it'll be predominantly underdogs. It's 
You know, we know it's all going to even out, but when does it start to even out? I like the favorites for the most part, as you'll hear in my opposite picks uh, coming up next hour. But, yeah, 8-0 and uh, Monday, 7-0 and last night. Hockey, by the way, a uh, little different story. Four and three straight up last night were the favorites. Uh, no against the spread. Although we could start keeping track of uh, puck lines, like laying a puck and a half. I do like to do that in the in the postseason. And over under was three and four. Speaking of hockey, oh by the way, our boy Brian Rust did it again. He's back on the winning track of things. Life is back to normal after having two unexplicable games in which Rust, our Pittsburgh Penguins favorite forward, had zero shots on goal. He, he got, I don't know how many he ended up with, but I know he had three through two periods. So he went over his number. And let me double check in case you, know, you guys happen to have it at three. And I am assuming, although you really shouldn't, because there are a lot of times a guy will go a period without having a shot on goal. And they were, although they were trailing in the game, so I would think they would be putting pressure. Let me see real quickly. Shots on goal. My bad. I should have had this before the show. Uh, four. So even if he got it at three, uh, he was a winner. So Russ, cha-ching, cha-ching, back on top. Catch the end of the Nick game last night. You know, I'm watching the games, you know, flipping through, and I and I caught the final couple of minutes. The Knicks blow a 9.4th quarter lead, oh, by the way. They score 14 points in the fourth quarter. 14 points in an NBA game. Wow, in a fourth quarter. That's horrible. They blow a nine-point lead. They lose for the 14th straight time to Philadelphia. 14 in a row. Wow. Um, so, Knicks, after blowing this lead, right, they had the basketball, final seconds. They're taking a shot, three-pointer, and the official right there says the man stepped on the line. I think it was Barrett, but I'm not positive. <clears throat> it may have been Quigley. And, you know, and then there was a timeout after that. And they showed the replay of it, and man, it was close. It was really, really, really close. And and I don't think he stepped on the line, then he lifted his heel up to go off the line, and then maybe got the ball after he lifted his heel up. I mean, it was super close, right? Close enough where if you have a challenge, as the Knicks had, you do the challenge. There's seven seconds left. Knicks didn't challenge. Even Mike Breen, uh, an old buddy of mine, who never criticizes anybody, was saying, like, boy, you know, I don't know why you're not challenging here. Why not challenge? You got a challenge, right? It's seven seconds left. You're down three. This is huge. Really close. But they don't challenge. All right. So then Philadelphia inbounds the ball eventually, and they commit a foul to the Knicks with three seconds left, but they really didn't. You know, it's one of those plays where I think the official just assumes the Knicks are going to foul because they're down three in the final seconds. But the Knicks are actually doing a pretty good job of just trying to, to, to double-team the guy and actually triple-team the guy. And the guy kind of stumbled over and, and was fouled. They called the foul anyway. And replay showed. I mean, the guy basically just tripped over his own feet. And again, the Knicks didn't challenge. And again, you know, Mike was like, well, you, know, I don't, you know, I don't know. Three seconds left. You got a timeout left, which is what it takes in order to do the challenge. Well, you know, why don't you challenge on that? That could be a turnover. That could be a traveling call. And Thibodeau didn't do it. I, I don't, you know, uh, you've heard me yell and scream about these guys calling challenges, uh, you know, in the second quarter of these games, which is idiotic. Now, I, I didn't watch the entire game from straight to finish, but I'll assume Mike was right and that the Knicks did have a challenge left. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't have challenged when he stepped on the line to turn the ball over. And I don't know why they wouldn't have challenged in that spot. You know, I don't know what they would have done. What, a jump ball, I imagine, if they would have ruled it a turnover or not a foul? 
Uh, at worst, a jump ball, if not giving the ball to the Knicks, saying that the guy just you know committed a travel. Very weird. Very, I did, very, I don't understand that at all. And the Knicks end up losing 19 straight loss. Uh, as they you know committed the foul, the guy hit two free throws, and bing, that was it, ball game. Uh, so Philly didn't cover. Lakers did. Tell you the Lakers, they blew out Minnesota 137-121. You know, it, it's it's significant because. I don't know what the deal is with the Lakers and and LeBron James and the boys in Vegas. Uh, Very strange. Some of the lines that we've had in these Laker games recently, really, you're getting a gift for the boys at FanDuel. I'll explain when we come back. Opposite picks, Series 6, up to four. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Um, you know, obviously a historical uh, franchise, and, um, you know, we know the history of the uh, – you know, the World Series championships they've you know brought back home to Boston and the players that's come through there and the legacy that they hold in that in that area. So um, I think for me and, and for my partner Maverick uh, to be uh, the first two uh, you know black men to be uh, you know a part of that ownership group um, in the history of that franchise, um, I think it's pretty damn cool. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yeah. <clears throat> Boy, did I take some heat yesterday, and I'm going to be taking some heat for that. Now, first, as the LeBron James, one of our favorite whipping boys, is now part owner of our beloved Red Sox. And when I say part, I I mean, you know, small, small, small part. It's like you and I buying some some stock in a company, you know, 100 shares of, uh, you know, pick a company and saying we own that company, right? I mean, you know, yeah, we do technically own a part of that company, but, you know, we're hardly, you know, sitting on the board here. So that's LeBron. So stanky fans who you know want to throw it in my face about how LeBron James, you know, is part of the Red Sox. You know, take it easy. It's not like he's going to be managing the Red Sox, all right? He he's not out there deciding on things. Uh, I am venturing to guess. You know, Magic Johnson owns more of the Dodgers than LeBron does of the Red Sox. He just happens to own part of the company that you know is involved with the Red Sox and Manchester United and a few other things that they they own. So now, is it, is it just like LeBron to be the phony? Yeah, it is. You know, anything for money, as we find out with his association with basically all white Nike. We understand all that. You know, we, we do. So the, the real lifelong Stanky fan would never in a million years be owner of the Red Sox. Never. Not a real fan. But then again, a, you know, a real Ohioan, as he is, would never be a Stanky fan to begin with, and then he's going to change alliances and now turn into a Red Sox fan. You know, when the Stanks and the Red Sox square up, you know, who is he rooting for? You, you tell me. The almighty Buck, is it the Green Sox? Is he rooting for? So then it's got to be Boston uh, or his supposed love, the Stanky. So he, he's a, yeah, he, he's a fraud. So, But LeBron did buy into the company. You know, there really should be a rule where you shouldn't be able to buy into a professional team or company if you're a player. But I, I get it. It's not the NBA. It's not the WNBA. Uh, I understand. But it, it is, uh, you know, 
it's a tough pill to swallow knowing that he's part owner. But again, it, it's it's a small little thing. Who cares? If that's what it takes for Stanky fans to get on the Red Sox fans, uh, you know, uh, back this year, then then so be it. It won't be our ninety-five losses. It'll be that the LeBron is part of that. And wouldn't it be fitting for LeBron? You know, think about this, Red Sox fans. If you want a silver lining in all this. You know, when we finish in next to last place in the division, Lord hopes that we we don't we're not worse than Baltimore. Uh, but we can always say oh, it's LeBron. You know, it's, it's very simple. LeBron came on board, and uh, the stench of LeBron and the black cloud that he brings as being a stanky fan. There you go, blame it on him. <laughs> now, Lakers last night in LeBron, twenty five points. They beat Minnesota one thirty seven one twenty one. Uh, I want to bring it up only because I you know it's amazing. This is one of the rare, rare times in which the boys in Vegas are not following the public team. You know, clearly the Lakers are a public team, right? We know that. And they were only a four and a half point favorite the other day. We brought it up against Indiana. And they ended up winning, albeit by five, but they did win and they did cover it. And really, in a lot of ways, that that's the prime example because that's a game that they should have been favored by seven, seven and a half. Um, you know, eight, nine, you know, Indiana stinks, right? So they were only though four and a half point favorite and they covered winning by five because that number was so low and you thought, you know, what's going on? And then last night, they're only a seven, seven and a half point favorite against Minnesota at home. Now, both those games at home. And I mean, I don't know if, if the boys at FanDuel in Vegas have been watching Minnesota this year, but this team blows. I mean, this team is horrible. They have one of the worst. In fact, they may have the worst record. Uh, let me let me double check. Uh, in the NBA, I mean, they're they're atrocious, right? And the Lakers, albeit without AD, I get that. But you know, the Lakers have actually done a halfway decent job staying afloat. They have not, you know, gone off on a long, long losing streak. They've lost some games that they probably wouldn't have lost uh, if AD was playing. But you know, they're, they're more than respectable. Yeah, teacups have the worst record in the NBA. I wasn't sure if Houston had caught him or not. Nine and thirty-one. So you're telling me LeBron James at home, going up against the worst team in the NBA, is only a seven-point favorite after taking on the Indiana Pacers, who are at this point four games under five hundred have lost six of eight, and they were only a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Pacers the other night. I mean, well, what is going on with the – I mean, are, are they being kind to us? Are, are they giving us a couple of free winners because they know they're going to whack us in the NCAA tournament coming up? I mean, it's not like the Lakers are playing horrible basketball. You know, they won five of their last seven, or at least four of six heading into last night's game now, five of seven. You know, they, they blew out Golden State the other day on the road, winning by 31 after the Pacers win. So, you know, I saw that line yesterday, um, you know, and sometimes the lines come out after we do our opposite picks. So I, I saw that line afterwards. And it did make sense to me. And lo and behold, they win by 16 going away. 137-121 last night. Not even close. Game goes over. Gave out the over as their best play. I, I was going to give out Minnesota to our guys, our, our clients. Um, but it, it scared me away. But I, I did think that, uh, you know, this was going to be a relatively close game for a while, which would lead to scoring and, uh, hundred and 158 points or 200, rather than 58 points in regulation, 258 points. Wow. But that, that was very weird. I, I did not, I don't know what's going on. They take on Charlotte tomorrow. 
We'll see what that line is. And then they play the Hawks uh, after that. You know, so they got a couple of games where you would think they would be close to 10-point favorites, right? Both those games, nine anyway. I mean, if they're seven against Minnesota, you got to figure you got to bump it up a couple of points against uh, Charlotte and Atlanta. But very, very weird with this uh, Lakers team. Uh, I, I don't I don't quite get it. Uh, I, I suppose don't look a gift horse in the mouth, but that that's a little strange. Um, you know what is not strange? Life is back to normal. As we had Atlanta beating Houston last night <clears throat> and by 13, they cover the spread. The Rockets are now 0-17. That's to be expected, but more importantly, they failed to cover 2-15. Now, after d- getting the backdoor cover against the Jazz the other day, down uh, as 19-point underdogs, they only lost by 15, so they actually covered the spread. Uh, last night, they lose by 12, not 13, my bad. But uh, but as 9.5-point dogs, and that thing went up. That was 7.5 when we did our opposite picks yesterday, and when I noticed it. And then it shot all the way up to 9.5, settled in at 8.5, but that was close to 10. And uh, Atlanta hit a late three to go up 12, and that was your final score, 119-107. So uh, what was supposed to happen did happen as the Rockets lose again, and they failed to cover. Another double-digit loss, oh, by the way, 15 of their 17 losses in this streak have come by double digits. I mean, they are not even coming close to to cover, or, uh, to, uh, to winning. I mean, you talk about just horrible. That, that is, but that's how it was supposed to be. Atlanta's won six in a row. Tough lane uh, almost. Uh, think about this. If the Atlanta Hawks were laying close to double digits on the road against Houston, I told you, we looked at it on Sunday, I believe it was. Uh, I'm curious to see how how high these lines will go with the Rockets. There are a couple of games coming up that you might see 20-point spreads. Now, they have a a homestand here that's got, uh, what, five more games left, one Golden State, Detroit, Oklahoma City, Toronto, Charlotte, so five more games. Then they go on the road back-to-back against Minnesota. You know, those nines won't be too bad. Then they're home against Memphis, but circle – March 31st and April 2nd. Those are the two. At Brooklyn, at Boston. Later on that month, they got at the uh, L.A. Clippers on the 9th as well. And then at Phoenix on the 12th. So over the next three, four weeks, if things continue as they are, and I see no reason to think they're going to change. This team, Oladipo did score 34 last night, but this team stinks. I mean, this team, and I tell you, you could tell they're at wit's end because uh, watching that game, they almost got into a fight with the official. They're not, not, not really like a fist fight, but they got a technical foul. Let's put it that way. If, if you, first of all, if you put American money on Houston, you know, shame on you. You get what you deserve. But down 10, they got a technical foul with 25 seconds left. Now, the game is over. So if you're a Rockets player, and it was on the Rockets bench. You know, you don't really care. I get it. But, you know, when you're getting nine and a half and you're down 10, 11, and there's like one possession left and you're throwing a technical foul into the equation, you're like, just just get the game over with. But that goes to show you how they're at their wits end and they're really. So that Brooklyn game on the 31st and the Celtic game uh, specifically on the 2nd, if they continue to lose like this, you know, maybe get a win here or there against Detroit, maybe, maybe Toronto, maybe one of those two Minnesota games. But otherwise, you're looking at a 20 plus point spread. 
Yeah, you are. And then they, they are just wow. So that was supposed to happen, and it did. And then our boy uh, Brian Rust uh, back in action last night for Pittsburgh gets four shots on goal. So that hits. So life is back to normal when it comes to stuff like that. Speaking of hockey, uh, Alex Ovechkin last night passed Phil Esposito for sixth on the all-time goal-scoring list. You know, when everything is said and done, he's going to be the uh, highest goal scorer ever. He will. Whether you think he's the greatest player or not, I mean, I don't. I, I still say Wayne Gretzky is the best. But when you look at the list, he's sixth now. He is uh, 13 away from Marcel Dion, so he's going to pass him probably this year. He's got 12 this year. Then he's uh, 23 away from Brett Hull. He probably won't get to, to Hull. But everything said and done, Gretzky's number one with 894 goals. Ovechkin has got 718. <clears throat> so he's about 175 or so away. So, it, I mean, that's three solid seasons plus. But, you know, this dude's not slowing down. You know, he's had eight 50-goal scores, or eight 50-goal seasons, eight. And then you throw on two more in which he had 49 and 48. <laughs> I mean, he's had almost 10 seasons of 50 goals or more. Only 90-plus guys have ever had 50 goals or more. He's done it eight times and, and damn near 10. Now, he is 35. He's got to slow down somewhere along the line, right? But you talk about a model of consistency. 48 uh, last year, 51, you know, uh, and no doubt he would have had 50 last year if they would have played a full season. 51, 49, 33 only in, in 2016, 17, 50, 53, 51. I mean, it's just 50, 56, 65. It's amazing. Yeah, 718. And like I said, he will no doubt pass Wayne Gretzky. And I never thought anyone would approach Gretzky's numbers. You know, Gretzky is 93 goals ahead of Gordie Howe, who's in second place with 801. But the way Ovechkin's going, doesn't, you know, you never, you know, what Tom Brady has accomplished is obviously remarkable as a 43-year-old, what is it, 42, 43-year-old Super Bowl winning quarterback. But, you know, I know Ovechkin's not quite at that point at 35, but at 35, I'll tell you what, you couldn't say if he was 25 or 35. It's amazing. He'll be number one. He'll be number one before everything is said and done for sure. All right, we'll close out hour number one next. Opposite Picks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, let's update the poll question as we close out our number one best office pool. We got the, the NCAA bracket pool leading the way at 74, nearly 74%. Uh, survivor pool in the NFL, 26 and change. Nobody with baseball, bingo, or other. 
Not that many people out on Twitter this morning, I suppose. But uh, go to your Twitter feed, get your vote in, and uh, we'll update that a couple times uh, before we are through. We got our NHL yesterday. I did tell you, or uh, NBA rather, yesterday. I did tell you 7-0 and uh, were the NBA favorites, 5-2 uh, and two against the spread. This on top of Monday's 8-0. and So pretty good day there. We got our NBA trend plays from yesterday, 3-1. and one. Uh, started off with a loser with Philadelphia laying seven against the Knicks. Uh, Atlanta laying seven and a half, which it was yesterday morning. I can go by, I only go by what the morning lines were. Um, I know it went up to nine and a half, but either way, you covered regardless. But I always kind of keep it consistent on whatever, whatever the lines were in the morning. So Hawks uh, laying seven and a half. By the way, Nate McMillan, as head coach, is yet to lose. Took over uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago before the All Star break. Atlanta's six and oh since he's taken over. Uh, so they cover the number against Houston. Miami laying 10 against the Cadavers. Uh, they win and, and cover. And then the over New Orleans and Portland ended up hitting. So that was the winner. So three and one so far, uh, or well, yesterday, and then four and two and one so far for the week. Today's NBA trend plays we have uh, six. We got over Brooklyn, Indiana. Nets 25 and nine over last 34. Philadelphia plus five and a half against Milwaukee with the 76er home numbers. Uh, over 245 and a half Sacramento, Washington. Kings 23 and 12 overrun. Golden State laying 10 against Houston. You know the numbers with the Rockets. We've done that, obviously. Over Charlotte, Denver. Hornets 18 and seven over their last 25. Uh, then Miami laying only two against Memphis, which I don't quite understand that line at all, as Miami is an NBA best 11 and one after last night's win and cover against Cleveland. Now you're getting them basically a pick em against Memphis. Again, another strange line for the boys at FanDuel. Gift, or are they suckering us in? That's where you make the call. Opposite pick, Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204. More coming up.